Ben Smith, I'm a photographer, and this is my podcast, A Small Voice, Conversations with Photographers. Thanks for listening. Hey people, it's Ben here. How are you doing? I hope you're good. Thanks for listening to episode 112 of my podcast, A Small Voice Conversation with Photographers, which this week I'm very pleased to say features a chat I had with the masterful Mr. Mark Steinmetz. Uh, this is the last of the chats I recorded at the Chico Portfolio Review in Montana back in March, and I shall introduce Mark properly in a minute or two. But first, don't forget if you are a regular listener and you think this podcast is worth the price of a cup of coffee per episode, then please do sign up for a small recurring monthly subscription or if you prefer, make a larger occasional donation of a million pounds at bensmithphoto.com slash a small voice. Do please leave a positive review on iTunes so that other people will find out about the uh, podcast and enjoy it themselves. And if you do need a new website, you know the deal. Uh, I will build you one with Squarespace so that you don't have to. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Charcoal Book Club, the first and only book of the month club dedicated exclusively to photo books. Each month, Charcoal works with the most respected names in contemporary photography to select a first edition monograph that is a must-have for every collection. Each book arrives signed by the artist, along with a note card and a print from an esteemed guest curator, with free shipping to the US, Canada and the UK. All that, along with members-only pricing in their online bookstore and more, makes the Charcoal Book Club the best and most exciting way to stay up to date with essential work in contemporary photography. That Gregory Halpern book is due to arrive soon, which I am looking forward to. Incidentally, I mentioned that it would be great to get Gregory on the podcast at some point. And then, as if by divine intervention, it almost immediately came to my attention that he's due to be in London in September. So, fingers crossed, hopefully, if he's up for it, maybe we'll get a chance to do it. I will have to ask him, obviously. This episode is also sponsored by Finder.me, F-I-N-D-R.me, which is a two-sided marketplace for imaging professionals, providing clients with direct access to thousands of experienced photographers on a single platform and in turn introducing photographers to hundreds of potential clients. Finder connects photographers with relevant customers based on location and type of photography services offered. Photographers can sign up quickly and easily and for free for corporate contracts at fixed rates or they can set their own pricing to attract direct clients. Finder is for everyone in the photography business, from wedding planners to artists. And if you're a photographer, whatever type of photographer you are, go and open an account, start filling out your profile and open up a whole new way of finding new work, finding new clients and finding new opportunities. Join up for free at finder.me and get found. Now, just so you know, there's going to be a little break coming, which is something that I've managed to avoid entirely for almost four years. So I don't feel great about it, but there is no episode in two weeks time on September the 4th. The next episode will be two weeks after that on September the 18th. The reason for this is that in two weeks time, when I'd normally be putting the next episode together, I will be floating in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, literally hundreds of miles from anywhere. When I say floating, I mean I'll be on a massive luxury ship and all. I'm not going to be rowing across or swimming or anything. But the point is, I will be largely incommunicado and there will very likely be no internet, without which I can't put the podcast out. So a small voice will be back September 18th to celebrate his fourth birthday, no less. In the meantime... It's only Mark Steinmetz. Mark Steinmetz is an American photographer who makes black and white photographs of ordinary people in the ordinary landscapes they inhabit and in the midst of activity. 
His work is held in the collections of the Arts Institute of Chicago, the Hunter Museum of American Art, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and the New York Museum of Contemporary Photography, to name but a few. He is a recipient of numerous awards, including a Guggenheim Fellowship, and his work has been exhibited in too many major museums and art galleries to list. He's produced 15 photo books, such as South Central, The Players, 15 Miles to Caville, and the Angel City West Trilogy. Mark was born in New York City and raised in the Boston area suburbs until he was 12, at which point he moved to the Midwest. At age 21, he moved to New England to study photography at Yale School of Art in New Haven, Connecticut. He left the MFA program after one semester and in mid-1983, age 22, moved to Los Angeles in search of the photographer Gary Winogrand, whom he befriended. In 1999, he moved to Athens, Georgia, where he still lives with his wife, photographer Irina Rozovsky, whose chat you can listen to on episode 108 if you haven't already. Uh, this one is for Peter Van Atwell and all the many other Steinmetz fans out there. I do hope you enjoy it. Because you've got a new book coming out actually quite soon, haven't you? In a couple of months, uh, you've got Angel City There's 3. Angel, Angel City West 3 Angel is West coming... Uh, there should be some copies at APAD. What's APAD? That's the New York Gathering of Galleries. Ah, okay, yeah, right. I don't know what it stands for. Yeah. Yeah, I, okay. I actually haven't. I have went there maybe 15 years ago once, but apparently it's very book-centered now, so it's a very different thing. Ah, okay. Not just commercial galleries. Right. So that, that will basically be the kind of third book in a trilogy, essentially. Is that the yeah. st- score? Did you always intend that f- to be a... A, a trilogy? Um, no, we began with Angel City West, and um, there were a lot of other pictures, and uh, he was thinking, well, maybe we can do another one, and then it was like, you know, just three seemed like the right number when I really kept on editing and, and um, pulling out all the pictures. So, And it's wonderful. Those are pictures were done um, when I was 22 years old in Los Angeles and, um, you know, basically forgot about them. But when going through now, you know, with scanning and having an assistant who can scan, I can really um, look at the pictures in, in a way that I couldn't if I were to make work prints in the darkroom. And, um, you know, correct a few things, too, because there were some, you know, developing issues. Mm. So you're, are you sort of, do you find yourself sort of delving into your archive then, you know, even now? To right right now, quite a bit. Um, I have a two-year-old. So um, that's something I can do, you know, and I have the means to hire an assistant to to do the, you know, to go through, you know, not to, I mean, I'm editing, but, um, you know, she's been scanning the um, the negatives. Because mm. um, one of the things you're kind of, in a way, quite well known for is, you know, having quite a, you know, significant gap between, you know, the time which when the images were taken mm-hmm. and the time when they were actually published. Is that a deliberate thing for you? Well, um, I think through my 20s, I was taking in 30s, just taking tons of pictures and, um, you know, just kind of on fire and um, just a lot of energy and a lot of midnight oil to develop the stuff in, in, at night. But then... Uh, kind of broke and just, um, you know, a simple dark room and a huge lag time. And then you keep, you know, you have to make money to survive and you have to keep going. So it just kind of keeps piling up. 
And also not a real huge faith for a long time that the world would really be interested in, you know, what I was doing. I think some museums might be interested in, you know, particular pictures that are of, um, you know, everybody can agree upon as being of a very high quality. And But th those are very rare. And I think a book is really, really it's the body of work is more interesting than just picking out a few pictures that, you know, for whatever reason somebody thinks is, you know, But anyway, selling pictures to museums is not a living, you know, it's just not enough. Mm. Yeah, so I just kept on shooting. Well, when when do you think you first became aware of the fact that m maybe, you know, people were interested? Well, I mean, I thought that they were interested to some degree. The doors were always opening for me in, in some way. Um, you know, there were grants received and, you know, I had... Um, I was in the new photography series at MoMA, and I got a Guggenheim, and, you know, so there was always, you know, support. Mm. There was always some pictures in some magazine. Um, so it was it was pretty good, but the, um, really just took a long time, I think, before books became more affordable and, you know, publishers could take more risk, um, mm. you know. You, I'm wondering if you still, you know, if, uh, having done so many books is it still an exciting thing to, to know you've got a book about to come out or is it it is exciting know? i mean it's it's exciting to do the work um once i've done the work then you know and the book is out and then i'm i'm i'm, I'm like oh, i'm over it you know mm. that's that's great um but i'm kind of focused on other things but it's very exciting to conjure up a book i mean that's sort of what photography is about for me just to um describe a certain world a certain way and, and, and like how will how will I describe this you know mm -hmm. and or how will I shape like my old pictures from Los Angeles now what was I doing and and uh, you know there are certain things I was bl blind to too and now with time passing it is, they are they are interesting and um, so so in a way you know the passage of time it, 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 you know brings its own kind of extra layer to it in a way you know that something i think so in in the sense that you can't go back you know it's great that there was you know that i was awake enough to make pictures at the time you know and uh now i'm now i can have the means to share them mm. i mean you, you've talked about how you know in the early days you sort of uh obviously you're you were broke and you lived in little one-bedroom apartments mm. and kind of you know turned the bedroom into a Darkroom and then slept in the yeah. living area or something. That's a lot of commitment right there. I'm mean, just wondering kind of, you know, was your mindset that that was, you know, whatever it took kind of thing at that stage? Yeah, I mean, I was all in it, you know. I, it was, <laughs> it's just what I wanted to do. Mm. Um, so it didn't seem like sacrifice, really. I just felt fortunate that I could... Um, you know, have a dark room. Right. I mean, yes, that was kind of what, what I was getting at, whether it felt like, you know... No, it felt great. You know, especially you don't have certain needs when you're older, then you just, you know, now I've got all these prints and all these books, you know, and uh, just all this stuff and tons of negatives, you know, so I I just can't get up and go, you know. Mm. Um, well, you mean you accumulate stuff? You, well, you, I accumulate stuff in relation to my photography, and then I do have a, a pretty generous photo library, you know, of you know other people's work. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so you're not, uh, not quite as light on your 
on your feet kind no, of but now but you know with uh, with you know it's just a different time again th- this digital all these computers and scanning it really helps to edit and it, it really just makes the process much more thorough mm. and and um are you quite an organized person in terms of your archive or is it chaos i mean are you, where do you I lie mean, on I'm, that spectrum i'm i'm pretty high up on the spectrum i'm definitely not the highest you know, in terms of being organized, but I'm pretty, pretty good. But I wasn't, you know, I'm going through a lot of uh, negatives and, you know, there's no date or place or anything on it. Mm. So I'm just kind of just numbering them. And I know the year, but, um, you know, I guess I was photographing and just assumed that I would always keep this stuff in my mind and be able to remember. And But that hasn't been the case. Mm. Yeah. So this, this new book, Angel City West 3, um, which we've already kind of introduced um can you just talk about that project in general a little bit well it's uh, all of the all the books are very similar they they kind of begin um with the beach and then they move out into la or or out and then they kind of return to the beach and there's sort of similar things about them it's just a thorough investigation of the pictures i was taking then and they're again it's kind of generous um you know, I'm 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 learning photography. I'm interested in people like you know Henry Wessel, and I was photographing with Gary Winogrand um, a bit, and um, you know, of course there there's some Robert Frank and Evans influences in the pictures, and it's just very interesting to see what my ambition was. And it's there are pictures in LA. There are even some pictures from Little League Baseball. There are some pictures of Vine. I mean, there are all sorts of pictures that I took then that I would just take later on. So it's just interesting. You don't know where things are leading. Well, yeah, I mean, and you, well, I'd love to ask you about, you know, Winogrand to some extent and the, and the way in which that kind of uh, relationship came about. But I think maybe we should go right to the, be- to the beginning. You, you were born in New York, mm-hmm. but then you moved to the Midwest, I think. You, well, I, you I was born in Manhattan, yeah. kind of proud. And then, then, then we moved to, like, uh, the Boston area. I lived in Cambridge, Mass., and then Newton, Massachusetts. And then we went to Iowa City, Iowa, for part of junior high and for high school. Mm. Did, did, you, did you kind of object to being wrenched away from, you know, kind of the friendships that you'd established and that kind of thing Yeah, at I think age? so. And, you know, the idea of going out to the farm country, you know, there was certainly some... Uh, but it was good. The people were smart there. It was kind of a university town. And um, it's sort of much more of an American kind of um, teenage years that I had that I think is good. It's very much like... You know what you see in the movies, American Graffiti or whatever, mm. um, Dazed and Confused. It was a real, you know, you just drink beer out of kegs and you, uh, you know, it's just mm. a whole, yeah, uh, very much a high school thing. And I think th- they'd had a very, there was a yearbook, a very good yearbook, and there was a newspaper that was very good with the high school. So I did some photography for them and, you know, worked in the dark room there. Where, so when did it first hit you then as, a, as, a, as something that, that interested you, the photography? Uh, it's hard to say. Very early on, I think I was um, right when I got to Iowa. It must have been eighth grade or ninth, so maybe twelve or thirteen. Uh-huh. Before, is that I I put in a dark room in the house, and it went under. There was a little. There was a sort of furnace area, and it was closed off under some stairs. And so there's enough room. There's a little bit of a storage room in this basement and I set up a dark room there and but it was very cool in those days it was with the help of the 
the owner of the camera store, you know, yeah. in town, and you, you walked into the this camera store and you could see everything on the walls, everything, you know, you don't see that anymore, but there were enlargers, there were trays, there was, an, you know, just, okay, bring um, bring what we need to make prints, mm-hmm. you know, and and I think he just showed me a few things and I just started to um, to print. And I had a lot of fun. I made prints with, I liked special effects a lot when I was starting out. I liked, um, I printed on this gold paper, you know, beautiful. There there were some Amish people near Iowa City, Iowa, and I took pictures of, you know, just silly things. Mm. And, what did your parents make of it? Did Were they supportive of it? Were they creative people? Or, or, uh, I think they were supportive of it, um, but it was like a hobby, you know. It was, I think my mother was maybe more aesthetic. Um, you know, she's French and... Um, she was kind of ransacking the Iowa countryside for quilts, you know, that she would then, Amish quilts that she would then send to, uh, like, people in Paris, you know, very... And my father was um, in academic medicine, and he was very intellectual. So anything that was, you know... Uh, I mean, I think they thought it was okay, but I was very interested in the sciences as a, mm. you know, and I was I entered college with a full, full-on it was math and physical sciences and um right so they figured you, you know <clears throat> that the photography would would be fine as a hobby because you were going to go and have a have a career yeah or or you know or, but they didn't specify anything um you know it's only if i threatened to be a lawyer that they then said okay be a photographer be a photographer <laughs> you right. know. and that would be that would be that would be shame better. in their eyes they <laughs> they wanted me to be a thinker in some way right right so like what, what was the first book do you think then that you made well the first one that i made it was uh weirdly enough tuscan trees and that was 2001 mm-hmm. and that was actually it was right around september you know 2001 when the world trade center you know was attacked so and it was printed in italy and all the traffic stopped from europe to the u.s and it was right. just kind of like really delayed for that uh, um but that, and I just say weirdly because, you know, I'd taken a ton of pictures in America. and But it was uh, two friends who were up, um, two poets who um, mostly printed poetry books, but they had, um, one of them had been with a black, at Black Mountain College and knew like Aaron Siskin and Harry Callahan. And um, they had printed like a Art Sinsabaugh book and they printed a good book, The Nugents, um, that somebody David Spear did, a very good book. Um, so they'd done a little photography, but, and they saw my, um, these pictures I took in Italy. I'd been teaching for the University of Georgia Studies Abroad program there, and, uh, couldn't really photograph, you know, the old person with the cat on the cobblestone, you know, just, I couldn't do the old Italian town thing, and, um, but I could, um, respond to the olive trees um, and their, um, you know, their shapes. Mm. They make, you know, very um, calligraphic shapes mm. and um, um, and very uh, old and very kind of wise-seeming, these trees. Like, the older the trees were, the more, you know, the wilder they were. And, um, 
you know, I was interested in Robert Adams, and uh, he, he made some pictures like Questions for an Overcast Day. He made some other pictures, you know, some beautiful, I mean, everybody knows his, his tree pictures, but some are more specifically, like, beautiful, and I think they were a bit of a model, and like the Friedlander, too. So I thought I could do this. Right, right. And I did connect, uh, but mostly it's been people, you know. I really mm. think photography is about photographing faces, at least for me. It's that's the real amazing right. thing the camera can do. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, well, I've kind of jumped ahead a bit because I was going to ask you about, you know, you, you, your sort of uh, interest in, in meeting Gary Winogrand. Was, was it very kind of deliberate that you went to L.A. to kind of, sort of find him? Um, I knew he was out there. And I did want to meet him. I mean, it's kind of crazy. 22 years old, I did not think of myself as particularly bold. Um, but I did want to meet him. Um, I had a few friends out there. And I was just very interested in cinema. I was very interested in, in So I wanted to be around Hollywood a bit, too. And I wanted to get away from the, you know, the Northeast. I just thought it was kind of boring. Yeah. You know, where I'd, I'd made all these pictures. And... Um, Something about the light in California and L.A. I just thought it'd be a great place to shoot. So, right for all those things. Yeah, and so you did actually find him. I did find him. Yeah. Um, I mean, my story is that I asked around, and and I, whoever I asked initially just said, "Oh no, I think I think he's gone." <clears throat> but then I ran into him in like a camera store, and um, then all over the place. You know, really, you know short amount of time and a month and LA is a huge place and it's just not it was definitely like you know the stars at work I thought and um then it was great we went we went out um you know we I drive him sometimes he drove he drove me and um yeah so you just became friends and kind of yeah I think he just liked to photograph with people and mm. he he liked us to he liked to talk. He liked to exercise his mind. He didn't really like to talk about photography, but just anything else. And mm. uh, what, what was it about him, though, that, that appealed to you as a photographer? I mean, what his work, you know, what, what, what drew you to him? Um, well, uh, first, back in, in Iowa, I did see this picture of his in this Time Life, um, you know, book. They, they had a series of books. Uh, um, on photography and um, you know one book there are all these pictures and they're they're perfectly great photos but you could just get get the picture and then there was the picture of his of the cow crossing a road and shot through his windshield and it's you know there's um, light streaks from the windshield and there's you know the, the mountains it's very much a black and white picture and and the cow shape seems very primitive you know very it really connects to cave painting I think it's but it's sort of falling in the middle of the road and um, just that strange moment you know the strange surrealism I I could connect with and mm. I knew that this picture was more like difficult and richer than these other pictures which you just kind of get and you know you know you get the joke or the or the wit and it's just not interesting, really. Um, so you like the kind of picture that that's you know kind of a bit more ambiguous, or that is a bit. Yeah, more I think so. Well, to we're, read. We're, you know, you put a frame around the world, and and the, the picture had better be more interesting than what you're photographing. You know, so if you're photographing 
a beautiful tree or a beautiful person or you know it's that's a hard thing you know but if if you're making something if you're making something out of nothing it's 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 really interesting so my, that's mostly what my LA pictures are I'm I'm I mean there's I think there's a lot of great content but it's it's really what if what if this thing next to this thing is is a story and what is that story you know and I think that's what Gary was doing I think that what Henry Wessel was sort of working on in mm. in, a, in a loose way so I don't know. I was um, I was in on that, but plus I wanted this feeling of, uh, you know, I I liked love loved uh, Robert Frank's, you know, that kind of, I'm not sure what the, what the word is melancholic. Not not quite the right word, but his you know his, what he gets into these you know the Americans. Yeah, 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 yeah. So at some point you went to the Yale School of Art. Well, I went there right after college. I mean, I got in. And it was great. I learned a lot. Um, you know, Todd Papa George gave, gave this talk on um, Cardi Brassant, and it was fantastic. And uh, <clears throat> it was sort of all I needed, you know, just that serious people would, um, you know, I, I think I've said this before, but can sit around a table and discuss photography intelligently. It's just, it's just good fortification, and then you can go out and do it on your own. Mm. You know, but learned a bit about exposure and development. Um, so it was good, but I was just really restless, and I was just too young to be there. And uh, and then I went to LA, and um, and after a while, it was just too. It was it was hard. I mean, I, I was doing some production assisting work for um, the movies and um, you know ads, and um, I was doing some photographing of people's artwork you know taking slides but i don't know it was it was it was like the best time it was a difficult time for me like more like there was some psychological i was trying to uh succeed or something and it just couldn't it was just it was weird Mm. uh, but so i went back to um yale eventually and uh, you know i photographed with gary i think i photographed with him in that january of 84 and We'd photographed at the zoo, and um, it was kind of this amazing thing on our way out because there was Bernadette Peters, this famous actress in uh, in, in uh, theaters and musicals and and, and uh, in movies. Um, but he had photographed her before on the set of Annie, and then he's we're leaving, and she's there with his with her uh, boyfriend, and they're dressed alike, their hair is alike. Um, and it's a perfect Gary thing, you know, and he just swoops in and she just laughs hysterically. I don't know if she remembers him from Annie or not, but he just takes the picture and then, he, you know, we walk out and then he sits, we sit down in my car and he just says, boy, you don't know how tired you are until um, you sit down. And then, you know, I call him a few weeks later, I decided to leave and it's February and he just sounded terrible on the phone and, and then he, he died in March. Uh, so, yeah, you know, so I'm glad I went, you know, I wouldn't, right. have, but he was in great shape when I saw him. He just seemed to be like, go, go, go. I don't think he was checking in with his, you know, his body at all. Yeah. So how old was he when he, when he died? How, was, how, old? how old was he? Yeah. He was 56. Right. So very yeah, young, really. Yeah, yeah. So like, um, in terms of kind of earning a living, have you always done teaching and that kind of thing? Or, or you know, how, how's no, it sort of I was broken doing, down? uh, Initially, I was doing a kind of commercial photography. I had a, a card that said people photography. 
And, uh, you know, I did black and white. Um, and in those days, in the 80s, that was good, you know, because it was cheaper to print. So some nonprofits would hire me. And some places that wanted to look like they were not spending a lot of money would, you know, hire me. And so it was some, uh, like a children's hospital in, in Boston. And um, I did some um, slideshows for some universities. Um, so I was doing very limited commercial photography and living inexpensively. Mm. And um, not, I wasn't good. I lived outside of Boston in this t part, Chelsea, that was a lot of drugs and a lot of, um, you know, just a lot of cancer, a lot of poverty. Mm. It wasn't good. Um, but did you want to, I guess, you know, did you have the the, the desire to... Be able to focus on your own personal work at that stage. Yeah, yeah, no, were I you could. I, were you happy to sort of, you know, doing jobs for people, basically? I wasn't happy doing jobs. For, I was happy, you know, just to do a job and get paid. Get paid. Yeah. No, it was just a means. But, uh, you know, all my camera stuff, um, just when you file your taxes, it's all just, I just deduct everything. So I'm, I'm basically not paying taxes, you know, because mm. I'm spending everything, it's going into everything I'm doing, you know. So that, so that was a plus. Yeah. And um, I mean, I met nice people doing this after Boston, which was kind of tough. You know, you call people and try to make appointments, graphic designers. It may, but maybe I was just still too young. Um, but then in Chicago, it was better. Just people would see you. And then I, I ended up having very nice clients for with Northwestern University and, and the University of Chicago. And I just photographed professors and you know, did their graduations and photographed some theatrical things. So, you know, you've, you're photographing, you know, interesting. So it's pleasant, I guess. It's, yeah, it's yeah. pleasant. And uh, I was good at it, so no real stress. And, um, mm. and you, you've already kind of mentioned the MoMA show. Uh -huh. well, that must have been quite a major kind of inflection point in your in your photographic it, career. I mean, what, it was what, what good. I mean, the MoMA bought... Um, John Sarkowski, when he was still there, he bought some work early on. Uh, he bought like a little league baseball picture and, and another picture. Was and this the, the from the players? From the, the players, yeah. yeah. I mean, everything's out of order. You know, the books are all out of order. Yeah. In terms of when they're coming out, um, well, that's good because my questions are out of order as well, as well, Mark. So no, you it's know, not. No, no. You you asked you asked about the first book, but so that that takes us into Italy. You know, mm -hmm. in the nineties. You know, and. But yeah, they're 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 out of order, and um, I think it took a while. You know, the first book after Tuscan Trees was South Central, and it came out like the very end of two thousand and six. You know, effectively the start of two thousand and seven, and that was work <clears throat> done in the early nineties, and that work had you know some, some of the pictures had been shown at MoMA in their in their. Uh, you know, new photography. Mm. They had shown work before, just putting them up on the wall, and they had shown work in, um, it wasn't in the catalog, which is too bad, but in uh, <clears throat> The Pleasures and Terrors of Domestic Comfort, the glassy book, they had, the show was larger than the book. Mm. And um, I mean, I guess that. it's sort of tempting to imagine that, that getting, you know, that kind of exposure w would have had some kind of major impact, but, you know, did it... Not, not really. I think, you know, uh, maybe now it does, but in those days, um, you know, like painters, if they're at MoMA, they get rich, but photographers, straight photographers, not, not really. Yeah. You know, if you stay in New York, um, 
at that time I was in Knoxville, Tennessee, and um, I think maybe I just moved down to Athens. But, you know, the, the show went up, and I went to the opening, and, I, and then I didn't remember much from the opening, and I didn't go back. You mm. know, I was I just didn't really have the money, you know, to yeah. go back to check it out or to do anything. And But that's fine. I got, I, I uh, that's fine. Yeah. So, like, what drew you to, to, to the South then? You know, what, 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 what is it about? Cause, you well, know, the South, so in Chicago, I was doing this work. I was doing some teaching at Columbia College, uh, but it was, um, like, at night, um, and it was paying so little that it was kind of getting the way the commercial work. So I did some teaching there, but then I got a call um, actually from Baldwin Lee, who is the professor of photography at the University of Tennessee, and he asked if I wanted to replace him. So it, was a very, it wasn't like an application process. It's just like, do you want to do this? And I said, okay. And mm-hmm. so then, um, so I was in Knoxville, and it was like, great. It was like... I just, uh, when I got down there, everything felt different. It was a wild landscape full of, you know, I always say like cracking sidewalks and weeds coming through and and just people out. So just so much different from the north. Mm. And, um, but still looking like any other city in America, you know. Was was it... And the people, you know, was there a difference in the way that you kind of, you know, found the people to be and the way that, that, you know, photographing them was for you? Well, I think people were, uh, first I was more interested, you know, um, just more in the whole landscape, the, the, the density of the buildings was, was very good. And the fact that it's warmer and that you can photograph perfectly comfortably in January and February, when the light is great and um, Chicago was like just all covered with snow it's just terrible and very contrasty light and um uh so, and everybody's just more comfortable in their bodies and they're out more and um and they're more um open to being photographed you know by mm. a stranger what well, what's your approach to photographing strangers then uh, given i would just say the same thing i i said uh, yeah, i'm i'm with the art department at the university of tennessee and i'm working on a project and you know can i photograph you as as you are you know i see you're just sitting there or you're doing this thing or this it was and you know so it's like i'm with somebody that's a very powerful thing and the university of tennessee um you know everybody knows University of Tennessee because of the football team, and they all want to support the football team. So I think that they were, oh, really? I think that they were like, on some level, supporting the football team by allowing me to photograph them in, mm. their, in their minds. But I mean, you haven't always, you didn't always have that uh, reason, as it were. Well, uh, I would say something. I would. You say something. I like would that. say something. Like I'm, I'm, I'm with this. You know, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm teaching or, or I'm just working on a project. You know, with the Little League Baseball, I would just say I'm, I'm doing a project on Little League Baseball. And some summer camps, too, I did, a, you know, th- there's a book that will come out on summer camps. And that was, um, I was just lucky to get some permission or some help from the American Camping Association. They, they saw me as a way to make, um, you know, to go to some camps and give free publicity photos to people and um, you know I mentioned this book Summer's Children by Barbara Morgan that no photographer has probably heard of but 
a lot of these camp directors heard of because it's this really really this idyllic view of what um kids do at camps mm. in the summertime and um and I think camps are a very good thing it's like a, you know uh Mm. Not not like computer camps, but spending time in nature and having campfires and stuff like that. So that book was it wasn't a work of fiction. It was it was a what the Barbara Morgan yeah, book. Yeah, no, it was her kid actually went to camp, and I think she photographed. She was known for like photographing Martha Graham in oh, New right. York. She had a you know she had a very um, almost a Bauhaus style, but then she made these pictures of kids. Some of them are sort of graphic, but some are very human and. Um, they're they're nice. Mm, mm. There's some strong ones. Because I wanted to ask you about that, something that you said, which is uh, really that you know you think it's incredibly important to know the history of uh, literature before you know the history of photography. Is that? Did I say that? Apparently, maybe you didn't. But um, I think it's I, no I, to know. I, I mean, you know, Tarkowski says you you need to know the tradition because you don't want to play a game that somebody else has already played and won. You know, right. you really want to be as aware as possible about your medium, I yeah. mean, I think. But this was specifically about, I guess, you know, a different medium. I mean, do, do you think it's important? Well, I think, yeah, I think you, well, yes, I think you you do need to know, um, have a familiarity with the literature and to, just to know how how good it can be. You know, yeah. you, can, you can read some stories and it's it's like they, they hit these exquisite notes and... Um, can you do that in photography, you know? Right. No, I'm just wondering about, you know, sort of the importance of, of finding influences outside of the medium that you're working in and sure. whether you feel that's something yeah, that you... Sure, I, who knows? Who, uh, who knows? I, I can't make the chart and, you know, mm. draw the arrows and, and all that. Um, but, yeah, I think it's... I think being cultivated is very important. But it's not like being force-fed this thing and this thing, and now I know the proper books. It's it's just to kind of, you know, have some... It doesn't... You can't grasp the whole thing, but to have some, uh, you know, connection to the deep past, I think, is very important. And, um, you know, who... Where have humans come from and where are they going? Um, because you... What's the purpose of your work? You know, what are you saying? What are you, what are you teaching? Are you prophesizing? You know, what... What is it? I basically, I mean, I was very interested in, you know, talking about the physical science, and I know archaeology is not a physical science, but I, um, you know, I just loved uh, the idea of digging up and and uh, uncovering treasures and ruins, and and uh, I just love the deep past, mm, you mm. know, and uh, but I'm, you know, and all, all of science is very interesting to me, but I just want somebody else to do it and deliver it to me, you know, so right, yeah. I'll just read the reports. Mm. Um, uh, you know, but but uh, anyway, but I mean, you, you've got to have content, and you've got to have something to say. You know, you, you as a photographer, you just can't be like trying to supersede the last favorite photographer. You know, it's just that's you know that's you know you want to have a deeper foundation and and to be free of that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, are you, are you, your interest is is in in the sort of strength of the single image, and 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 then in putting them together as sets of pictures. Yeah. I mean, how do you, you know, kind of? Think I mean, of I that? think the single image is is, yeah, it should say a lot. Um, I, I'm interested in how 
photos react, you know, when put in position with with one another. Mm. Um, how the meanings can be um, kind of sparked, new meanings can be sparked by, you know, particularly the juxtaposing pages. Yeah, yeah. Are there any, is there any, any particular book where you kind of feel that that just, you know, worked particularly well? Or do, do you have a favorite? Is it like, is that like asking whether you got, you know, who you're... In, you love my books? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe no, it's not, a bit Not like, really, because I, I, um, I think I've changed a bit through my career. If I, career is a very bad word. I don't want to say that, but whatever it is <laughs> I've been doing. Why is that a bad word? Uh, it just, just, um... It's just associated with money, and it's just like Gary would always say, uh, "What do you do to survive?" You mm. know, and um, I mean, we're all being kind of, you know, the photography is something very private, really, and then to talk about it or to teach it, um, you know, you're kind of maybe just bending out of your, you know, your comfort zone, or um, but it's nice to just be quiet and not say anything. Um, why am I mentioning this? What are we talking about right now? Yeah, you were asking about um, favorite books. Well, well, and yeah, the, and then we're, yeah, we and t- I was just saying, getting about you were talking about the career. The oh yeah, career. I got okay, sidelined by that. Um, but it's fine. Have a career. But I just don't, you know, I just don't want to be a pro. You know, I like, mm. I like Kertesz, You know, just the spirit of the amateur always, and just I think it's you know. But anyway, no, but uh, but. Um, power to you if you have a good business mind and uh you right. know and you want to do you know great it, it can, anything that'll, that can help yeah which i think probably not that many photographers have necessarily but i mean do you feel like your your sort of the way in which you have um kind of organized your your photographic life and the way in which you have chosen to kind of pay the bills and stuff is that you know is is there a way in which you that could be improved as far as you're concerned? Like, would you prefer to sell more prints? Or, I think selling or? prints is a very nice way to make money. Mm. It's, a, it's you know, people take your pictures, they're on the wall, I'm, I'm a good printmaker. That's very nice, you know. Uh, teaching is very good, too. I like it if, um, you know, the students sort of come to me or meet me halfway uh, if you're in a university situation, it's, you know, like you get a lot of people in there and, um, you know, it was, it's very interesting and it's very good and you just can lead anybody at least somewhere, you know. And so I think it's good to be humble and just like say, yes, that's good. Um, but too much teaching for me is uh, becomes, um, I don't know, it's... Um, my heart's just not into it, you know. Um, yeah. Short, short periods of time, very good. Really offer this thing, but to, you know, to give grades and to take attendance, you know, I never wanted to do that. And and then, you know, anyway, and it's not a good use of 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 me, really. Right. Yeah. But do you find that there's a sort of it's a two way street in a way that you know you get something out out of it as well as the students that, yeah the yeah students I think I think uh, it's helped discipline my mind and I'm I can explain things um, yeah you know and I think some have been good and they've got a spark and it's I think it's good are you a 
bit of a perfectionist, do you think, in terms of your practice, or you know, a kind of you uh, have a I kind th- of meticulousness? I about think it. so, to to a certain degree. Um, but I don't want to get lost. Um, you know, th- there's this beautiful thing, and it's the main thing, and it's the important thing. And sometimes perfectionism can just cripple that. You know, why is one picture alive and another dead? And often it's just who, who wants something perfect? Hmm. You know, it doesn't ring true, really. So I do like some sloppiness, but I'm I'm trying to be you know, smart about it, mm. you know. Um. Are, you, are you able to sort of articulate what it is that you're looking for in a in an image in order for it to, you know, stand out? And no, I mean, look? it just has to surprise somehow. You mm-hmm. know, I think that's an important word. A yeah. lot a lot seem very familiar. Um, you know, a lot seem good, but it's good in this familiar way. Like you've seen, if you've seen these other photographers and yes, this picture kind of slips right in and it's it's kind of like going to the back of the textbook to get the proper answer, you know, but it doesn't really sh- sh- rattle you. You know, you do want to um, shake people up a bit yeah. um, and not just satisfy um, their expectations, you know. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I I guess you're... A bit of a flaneur, aren't you? In the sense that you, you know, you like to wander about, and um, yeah, is that part of what you enjoy about the whole process? That yeah, I mean, I couldn't be a scientist because I couldn't be in a laboratory under fluorescent lights doing this thing and 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 working with numbers and just. I mean, I need to be. I'm very solar powered, and um, I need stimulation and walking around. And I, I, I. I I mean, I like, um, you know, I like the whole Zen aspect of photography of um, how do you get in the right place at the right time and make the picture, you know, it's, mm. it is, I do like that. I like 35 millimeter photography a lot. All right, yeah. You know. Well, you're well known for, well, I suppose you may... Mo- Mostly I'm known for the 6-9 six, six, work, and that's right. been the bulk of it. And black and white, of course. Mm-hmm. And well, what are your views about color and uh you know your reasons for choosing black and white over color well i've i've cited this in a lot of different places i guess initially um in the 80s late 80s 90s to do color you needed to be a teacher Mm. because you needed to have that color processor and only like a university art department would have that you know you couldn't really have you maybe you could have a small processor in your lab in your in your house but um, just tricky and the chemicals were bad and and then the stuff wasn't archival you know and it's on plastic so all of that and it didn't look quite right you know it competes with the world in a way that black and white doesn't and so then you're comparing the green of this you know Kodak or wh- whatever the Kodak color chemists think is green of you know, or Fuji. So, but I mean, I, I, I like, I like other people could do it. I like Kodachrome slides, which are basically silver, you know, it's silver on there and they don't really fade. Yeah. Um, they're pretty archival and they looked great. You know, it doesn't look 
like the world, but it's a beautiful thing. But I, I like that. Mm. I mean, but I, I, does, anyway, black and white, I, the best photographers are black and white, and I was just thinking of that, and I wanted that. That's the... That's how I wanted the light to be seen, you know, mm. that the poetry, it's... Color can really interfere with seeing the light. It's like the color takes over, and mm. it's less about... But I guess that, you know, that's the challenge, isn't it, working with colour? And the best colour photographers do kind of meet that challenge, I think. Uh, but I guess it's, you know, it's so subjective, isn't it? You know, it's it's hard. I, I mean, I think that, that I think that black and white accepts the world in broader terms than colour. I, I think if you're a colour photographer, you end up manoeuvring yourself and, and working with a palette that is based on what you can do with your color materials. So a lot of people are doing, you know, they're maybe working in softer light or this, but a really a contrasty street scene, um, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to organize that in color. Mm. I was just talking to Alex Webb, of course, who's very much uh, uh-huh. known for doing exactly uh-huh. that kind of thing. And, and, you know, it's very much, some people's thing, you know. Well, no, yeah. I, but I, I do like the the black and white directors who switched to color were pretty amazing. You know, Hitchcock he switched over and uh, really meticulous about what the dress was and this and this and and the cuts from scene to scene would flow. And Antonioni too, you know, he switched over and he'd paint the leaves green, famously, you know, do all this mm-hmm. stuff. But then there's this, I mean, I don't think there's any great cinema, but there's a lot of movie now, I mean, but there are just a lot of movies where it's predicated on people being asleep (laughs) because they make one cut to another cut and the color is just all, you know, it's, it's very hard. Black and white, there's had much more continuity. Right, right, right. Yeah, because there's a whole element that's not a a problem that's been removed. So I don't know. I, I, I just, you know, anyway, I... It's really for my it's for my work. I think it's great. People can do this, but I, I kind of view other people's work with a different. Um, you know, it's it's okay, okay for them. It's mm. you know, and the same thing with like digital prints. Like, I okay, this picture looks really good. Your your print looks really good under glass with the mat and this and that. But when I start trying to my do my own work, it just isn't. It's just not right, mm. you know. So. Um, You've got a very particular uh, aesthetic, I think, in the sense that your printing is quite flat. There's not a lot of kind of, you know, really deep blacks. Is that a very deliberate thing? Or is that? Uh, I don't sorry, like yeah. the word flat. And really, I think no, they're sorry, pretty. Yeah, I think yeah, they've got enough life. life uh, no, but I, I just mean in terms of the tonality. Well, yeah, no, I think I think. Um, yeah, I want to. I want to look into the shadows, right, you know. Right. And now we're here in Montana, and I was looking at these. You know, we were kind of up the road, and <clears throat> was looking at these rocks, shattered rocks, and their dark shadows. And there are no, there's no detail in those shadows, you know. And I was thinking that the sh- the rocks are so shiny bright. And I was thinking like uh, how Robert Adams made his prints look in in the West, and um, like how I would work here, you know. But it's yeah. it's. So but you, no, but basically I really like, you know, yes, I think it's important to look into the shadows and to be able that they deliver something. You want all the information if possible. Yeah, but I don't want I mean, uh, but um, like with a lot of digital printing now, it's um, like the digital creates the light in shadows where there is none, you know. Um, 
so there, there are some pictures where it's way too fair, you know, and I'm not interested in that either, you know, but I, I like, um, you know, like a painter, like, okay, I'll say like Giorgione, this Renaissance Venetian painter, it's, it's like those shadows, that's what I want, mm. <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But you, it's... It is important. It's sort of philosophy how you print, you know, and how like the eye in the in the shadowed eye socket. How how black are the eyelashes going to be, and how legible is it going? How hard is it going to be to read it? To me, it's very interesting, you know. Yeah. And it's important. Well, doing your own printing is very much part of your practice. I mean, yeah, it's, I it's incredibly so. you know important to yeah. you that you don't cede that. Uh, job to someone else or you know like yeah. a lot of people would be happy to have someone else print their work but I yeah. don't, you would never want that well i i if actually if there was somebody who could print for me while i'm there and i right. could come in and just every like 10 minutes and then go do my because life is it's very strenuous to print and i mm. and i can't make the prints that i need to you know yeah um but no there is a scenario it hasn't happened yet there is a scenario where you know i could Somebody could help me with that, you know. I do have a, a friend. Um, he's a bit older, um, and he's got a darkroom in Brooklyn, and he's made the large, the 30 by 40s, and I'll give him a match print. And, you know, and I'm not there, mm. and um, he's, he's done so well. So he knows what you want kind of thing. Yeah, I give, I tell him what, but we went to the same school, and we know, you know, but uh, and I give him burning and dodging instructions. Mm. Uh, but the bigger print's going to look differently anyway. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how long have you been in, in Athens for now? you living in Athens? It's been Georgia. over 20 years. Wow. I've been away a lot. Um, it's sort of a base. Mm. You know, it just, it's, it's a, you know, um, it's a good place to live. Um, the weather's good. I do, I do not like winter anymore. I think it's a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, I agree with I, you. I there. think it's just a waste of time. Like, why? If, you, if you're so smart, why are you, you know, yeah. the wind in New York in, like, March or even yeah, it's April? Brutal. It's just like, who wants this? Yeah, I agree. Uh, so, but it's there, and it's but it's the cost of living is, is low. So um, I don't see how... You know, in the old days, you could be in New York, you know, it cost nothing. These abstract expressionists, they would just have their flats and they mm. walk-ups or whatever, and they wouldn't. But now it's, now it's kind of it's the, the so rich man's It's so town. fancy, yeah. Mm. It's so... Uh, well, London's quite similar now as well. Yeah. You know, you, you've got to have... Yeah, so I think, I mean, I just advocate... I mean, uh, unless you're going to be the, a kind of power artist where you are, you know, really showing in galleries and you're... you're mm. Which is, um, but also you find you you seem to find inspiration in terms of you know subject matter and and you know you you shot at the airport uh, yeah. and and did a whole series of of pictures there. What yeah. what drew you to the airport as a, as a sort of um, subject or? Place? Well, it's a great place to photograph. I, I think it's it's just self evident that it's a great place to photograph. Um, because there's people and if there's because people. there's people and they've got suitcases and they're on a journey and um, you know they're removed from their regular context and uh, in a, and placed in an interesting context um, and it's something that everybody can relate to mm. you know I mean pretty much everybody's been to the airport or any of my you know reading public would would have had a air flight or two. Mm. Yeah, you're just um, looking for, you know, 
the prospect of lots of people in different situations and yeah uh, it's sort of emotional you know but there it's uh, they're emotional when they're being picked up or, or dropped off and um you know they're on their own a lot of people are business travelers and you have a great cross-section of people um you know like middle class people people from all you know in the in the airport you have they're coming from, from all over the world going to all different places so you know mm. every kind you know cowboy hats etc yeah and, yeah uh, it's your kind of territory yeah but there's also a lot of waiting you know so people are, are sitting there and they're waiting and it's a sort of a purgatory so i, I think it's interesting yeah there's lots but, there's lots of uh metaphors there for, for for life in general yeah i think so um but you were asking we were, we're we're we were planning on doing a book on that work um but now it's been postponed um and it's partly referring to the question before about waiting, you know, and um, maybe it's best to wait a bit, you know, because I took a lot of pictures of people and they're not aware of having their picture taken and it's their face. And just in America now, publishers are much more, you know, edgy oh, really? about, about not, yeah, not I think so. And actually, I think the UK is better. Yeah, so, maybe a little, but but there, that has become much more of a thing now that, yeah. that you know, this kind of, oh, you know, people are objecting. Uh, yeah. to having themselves you know yeah. maybe because of you know <laughs> so much well, of the mobile phone stuff and yeah well i think in i think in um in the u.s you take a picture and it's perfectly fine in in an art context and so a museum or a gallery perfectly fine but once you've made a book then it's like it's not advertising but weirdly it's considered commercial right. and in the uk i think it's not considered commercial you know so that it's still this art thing mm, mm. but I, I could be wrong no i think yeah i think that might be true but but yeah it's definitely but then you have different issues in europe now of just about people photographing in public i think germany right. it's like yeah and in france especially yeah so that's like the land of cardi Bresson. it's kind of tough yeah it's and my land i mean i photographed in paris and uh, you know you did yeah yeah i mean i do i still you i still I, do i do i i I wonder if I'm in Europe. I like photographing in the city streets. You yeah. Know? So can't. St- I mean, I've always felt that photography was sort of. Um, you know, I think other people have mentioned it. it. There's something transgressive about it. You know, it's. I think it's. Um, I mean, I think I'm seeing things, and what I see is sort of mine. You know, and. Um, um, but maybe there's something transgressive. Mm. Yeah, I guess. And there's a spectrum of kind of opinion as to what is and what isn't acceptable. And some, some photographers, you know, are very kind of quite, quite aggressive in the sense of, look, you know, I'm in public, it's fair game. And then at the other end, you might be completely not okay with doing, you know, yeah. might want to seek uh, permission from the people. Yeah. You're probably somewhere in, in, in the middle. Well, I've there. done a lot of per- permission. A lot of pictures don't look like permission, but I've talked to them. But I don't want to ever get pull out, and I have, but like what I'm forced to. But I don't, you know, modern releases are just distasteful. You know, if you if you just talk to somebody and they say, okay, then that's enough, you yeah. know, I think. And Well, it seems um, like the preserve of commercial work more, you know, the, 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 the very idea of yeah. a of No, a but release. it's ruining everything. It's re- like newspapers magazine like they they just don't have uh there aren't pictures of faces anymore it's all like like um 
abstracted pictures of people from behind, very, you know, fake feeling, you know, yeah. there's nothing where you really see a face like as a face, yeah. you know, which isn't like an amazing thing. Um, that's the thing that appeals to you the most. The thing, yeah. And I think, I think, uh, you know, and you, if you can record it and with some, you know, good film and make a good print, it's really something. Mm. Well, we know when this period is looked back on you know in 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 years to come it will it will feel like you know suddenly faces just disappeared from you know from from photography almost you know from the record maybe maybe and again back to archaeology i feel like i'm a bit of an archaeologist that i'm just milking the time i'm trying to narrate it you know in some way and but um i want to leave something you know so people know something about the texture of things Mm. you know Mm. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about meditation because I know that that's something that you're interested in and, and you know, wondering whether that has, has some kind of an impact on your practice and on your work. Well, I'm sure it does in the same way that, you know, you, the other question about uh, great works in other medium, if they're... If they have an impact, mm. and uh, is yeah, that something you've been good. you've been doing that for for many years? Or yeah, yeah, over over twenty. Kind of vipassana, uh, mindfulness meditation, or is it transcendental meditation? It's no particular. I mean, it's uh, it's breathing and then letting go. Yeah, and but it's uh, you know definitely definitely quieting the mind and just allowing whatever happens to happen. Things sort of can arise in meditation. Yeah. And um, I think it's very good for anybody, uh, not just photographers, just to, if you can just stop your mind a little bit, then kind of the universe can, like, move into place for you. I definitely believe in taking naps, too. You know, if you want right. to succeed, I'm not really about knocking on the door and busting it down. I think just do the opposite. Just chill, chill take a nap, take a power nap. And mm. uh, so And so... You have a two-year-old, right? Mm-hmm. So, so uh, you know, how's fatherhood treating you then? I mean, speaking of taking naps. Well, it's, it's uh, very good to be a father. Um, it is, she in particular is a very, she's not a good sleeper, you know. So, mm. I mean, it's, um, so yeah, I'm napping more. You are. Um, but I, I mean, it's a, still a very active time. I, um I mean, I'm working all the time. I'm just cut out all this other stuff, and mm. uh, so I think it's so you, think it's pretty you, good. You kind of have to you find you you know because obviously the, you've got this quite huge demand on your time of having a two year old. You find you just got to be a bit more kind of mindful of uh, the way that you manage your time. Yeah, you have to be very smart about all things, really, it's especially time to be an artist. To be you know, people waste their time terribly by just going just investigating like the wrong things mm. um one thing Winogrand told me is the world is full of seductions and that's something that hit me it's like they're just a waste of time if you can recognize something and recognize yeah. your reason for like you know, right. sure follow it if you're really like but but don't say yes to everything mm. and um there's a lot of distractions now tons you know, of distractions the internet and all that it's yeah tons of it's uh yeah so you have to kind of really be determined to ch- try and tune those things out as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, I think it can save a lot of time. I mean, certainly in my connection to, you know, Europe, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful time um, f- 
for like uh, again this word career you know you can really share work and I can go I can you know I just gave a workshop in Austria and you know these people would never know about me without mm. you know the internet yeah 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 and of course it's uh, there's there's definitely the yeah, upside yeah, yeah as well no but you've got to be ruthless you know you really if you've got to be determined and keep your eye on the prize you mm. know which are these like amazing photographs if you can make amazing photograph that's thrilling it's a, it's a great thing it's yeah do you do you still find you still find it thrilling yeah I, I find it thrilling to to think about what next and so you asked earlier about all the books and if i had favorites and the, each book is kind of a demonstration of um a little something else you know and so th- and that's really what interests me is is like the kind of conjuring up of a different approach you know i don't want to do the same thing over and over mm. you know um i might seem like the same eye the same photographer you know but it's it's a, still i think i'm demonstrating something different and um you know now I'm, I'm you know of course i'm baking taking baby pictures and but just all the stuff just doing tons of stuff so and um, so what what have you got coming up uh, have you got any you know particular preoccupations at the moment or, or, or projects that you're well you're there's a lot of book projects um i'm gonna show some um like because I do have a two-year-old and we can't travel so much for a, a little while. I mean, we are going to Europe um, this summer, and um, I think I'll be photographing in Berlin. And um, there ought to be a Berlin book coming out. Um, we're going to be in Poland, I think, and um, mm. maybe Central Europe a little bit. Um, but I I've been photographing in. Um, we were in Kyrgyzstan, of all places. That wow. was pretty recently. Um, Irina's, my wife's grandparents, you know, can hold on to the kid a little bit. Oh, they're, they're living there? They're, they're from there? They're helping. Um, hmm. And, um, you know, but so, so I'm a little bit more of a world traveler, and I'm wondering if that can keep happening. You know, I was in Hong Kong and Shenzhen and um, taking pictures there, you know, for, for teaching um so I'm just hmm. just wondering, and then um, um, I'm doing looking at old work with my assistant, pictures of Chicago, pictures from old. Um, I photographed a lot at fairs, um, you know, carnivals and circuses, and um, so looking at that that work. Mm. Yeah, so you got a lot of stuff to draw yeah. on from back in the day still, and yeah, as well as shooting new yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well. Thank you so much for, for making thank, the time, Mark. I, I've enjoyed talking to you. I really appreciate you doing it. So thanks very much. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you.